This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. We are doing a book event. It is a book launch event for Molly's new book, The Fixed Stars. And it is on August 6th. Mm -hmm. That's a week from, is that a week from today? A week from tomorrow? Something like that. Something like that. This event that we're doing together is through Book Larder. It's going to be on Zoom. And you can register at booklarder.com. They've got a handy dandy event listing for it. So go register. Matthew and I will, I was about to say that we'll try to keep our spilled milk dumbness to a dull roar, but let's hmm. not. <laughs> yeah, no, let's let's just let our let our dumb flag fly. Yeah, but we'll be talking about uh, Molly's new book, which you should have already pre-ordered by now, but if you haven't, it's The Fixed Stars, and you can pre-order it wherever you get books. Yeah, it'll be out next week, August 4th. Yes. And uh, yeah, and then we'll see you August 6th online through Booklarder. Booklarder.com. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about summer rolls, which you might also know as fresh rolls, salad rolls, or, oh no, we're, we're about to, you're about to have to listen to me work on my pronunciation here, but gaigun? Gaigun? Gaigun. I jeez, um, I'm well. Okay, right. We <laughs> so this is this is a Vietnamese food. Uh, although we're going to talk about some other national versions, and to help us out, I think we should bring in an expert on the topic. Yeah, I think that first we'll get her to help me with my pronunciation. Um, okay, so why don't we bring in uh, uh, cookbook author Andrea Nguyen to talk about these. Andrea is great. I remember first hearing her name, gosh, back in the early days of blogging for me. I think her first book came out in 2006, right? We'll be talking about it a bit. Yeah. And I think her blog preceded that, vietworldkitchen.com. Yeah. She's the person I think of when it comes to Vietnamese cooking. So I'm really glad we were able to get her on the show today. Let's see if we can get her on the show. We are joined by Andrea Nguyen, James Beard Award-winning author of Vietnamese Food Any Day, The Bun Mi Handbook, Into the Vietnamese Kitchen, which was published in 2006 and was the first comprehensive full-color cookbook on Vietnamese food in English. Uh, she wrote the Pho Cookbook and many other great cookbooks. 
Andrea, thank you so much for joining us on Spilled Milk. Oh, my pleasure, you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. We wanted to have you on because a couple of weeks ago, we did an episode on crispy spring rolls, and we said we were going to do a follow-up talking about unfried spring rolls, which go by many different names, both in English and many other languages. And Bali and I both felt like we don't know enough about this topic to really do it justice on our own. Who do we know who might be able to help? And you were the very first person we thought of. Is it because of like this idea of roll your own? I don't know, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we do do a lot of that in Seattle. Yeah, it's true. It's true. No, but I feel like uh, it's so rare that anything actually works out these days. So we're thrilled that we thought of you and that you were actually able to join us on the podcast. So thanks. You know, I have a lot of flexibility in my time these days. Right. <laughs> and we are thrilled to to make the most of that flexibility. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I have to say that uh, I was texting with Matthew yesterday about this episode, and I told him that I was watching YouTube videos on how to properly pronounce these rolls, summer rolls, fresh rolls, whatever we're going to call them, how to properly pronounce them in Vietnamese. Can you help me, please? All right. So the word roll, and you can just call them roll, is gun. 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 So there's this upward intonation on the accent. So I always go gun. And that gun. means to roll like a verb or a roll. And then guy means a salad. And so the ubiquitous roll in a sheath of rice paper that's, you know, contains shrimp and pork and lettuce and herbs and noodles. That is the quintessential guy gun. Guy gun. Very good. Guy gun. So guy gun. Yeah, so in the word guy, G-O-I, there's this little kind of question mark. So always mm-hmm. think of it like, oh, I'm going to ask a question. It's an interrogative. So guy, and then gun, it's like a sharp upward intonation. Guy, gun. Okay, and is that is that upward intonation? Is that what the accent over O yeah. yes. indicates? Okay, yeah. so, so guy, a over the O, okay. <laughs> a little upward accent mark. And so that's a very sharp upward intonation, whereas the question mark is this kind of longer interrogative. Okay. Um, so anyway, those are our gaikun, and literally they translate into salad rolls. So okay. meaning salad, gun, meaning roll. So that's what, you know, people get, you know, when they go to a lot of Vietnamese restaurants, you can order them as a side for with your pho. You can pick them up, wrapped up, you know, on a little plastic tray or paper tray at a Vietnamese deli or bakery. Okay. Molly, I noticed you have not tried to pronounce the word yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, gai, you know, gai, I'm having trouble with the, I'm having trouble really putting myself into it here. Okay. Gai kun? Gai kun? Guy, think of like kun. No, I'm not. I'm still not doing the upward intonation. Oh, Matthew, you're this. over there totally laughing at me. I'm blushing so hard. I need to be. You know, I wanna. I want you guys to leave my closet so I can practice alone in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what closets are for: practicing new languages. Okay, guy, kun, guy, kun, kun, guy, kun, guy, kun, guy, kun. Yeah, oh, I just yeah, sound I terrible. It's okay, you know what? Because Matthew spent a lot of time in Japan. He's kind of like got dialed in on like these. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like ready to nerd out on language. How many tones are there in Vietnamese? 
Oh my gosh, there's I think like seven of them, and then they can be combined. Oh yeah, I I have never learned a tonal language, and it's like on my bucket list. So so maybe we're gonna be in touch about this again. You know, if you just say Gai Kun, you're gonna be good to go, you guys. Okay. Gai Kun. The C in the second word is is kind of a like a G sound a little bit. Gai Kun. Correct. Okay. Hey, you're sounding like a That's native, Molly. Oh, gosh. You are really too kind. Oh, I see you <laughs> laughing over there. <laughs> so, Andrea, do you think summer rolls is a good translation of these in English? What do you like to call them in, in English if you have to? Because they go by so many names. They're like fresh rolls, cold rolls, spring rolls, crystal rolls, salad rolls. I would do a direct translation of salad rolls. I know that it sounds unsexy. I don't know who came up with the term summer rolls versus spring roll. Uh, we eat them year round. Okay. <laughs> They're not just a summer thing. Sure. And and spring roll comes from the Chinese term for like Shanghai spring rolls, and they're eaten during the spring festival as a traditional food because the Chinese fried spring rolls, they kind of look like gold bars. Yes. So there's a translation thing. But then part of the problem is when people started producing and selling rice paper, they're like, ah, we're just going to call it spring roll wrapper. Yeah. So that really kind of set things off. And, you know, when they're unfried, I don't know where fresh meant because it's it mean like if like unfresh rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. As opposed to what? Right. Right. Like fried unfresh rolls. I don't understand that either. And, you know, I translate them in my work as salad rolls or just as rolls. But I would just prefer if people just started calling them like Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, like taco. Yeah, that's, oh, that's totally fair. That's yeah. totally fair. Wait a minute. It occurs to me that we have not done memory lane, which oh, is time. a segment that we always do at the beginning. I feel like calling it a segment makes it sound like it, it's more substantial more than it than is. It is. Yeah. But anyway, hold on. We need to walk down memory lane with Gai Kun. Oh, geez, guys. I, <laughs> I should die. This is embarrassing. Oh, okay. All right. Who wants to go first? I definitely ate these in Vietnamese restaurants in Portland, Oregon, when I was a kid. I was texting with my mom yesterday, seeing if we could remember the name of the Vietnamese restaurant that we went to in Portland when I was a kid, and uh, we could not come up with it. You know, we would get pho, we would get uh, salad rolls, gai kun, and all kinds of other good stuff. But I remember, I remember these as being something that really stood out to me as like something something different that was not really like anything I was getting at another restaurant. And I was never a kid who was afraid of vegetables. And so I really liked these and I loved dipping them because like dipping sauces are always great. So Matthew, wait, I know that you are a little bit condiment phobic, but you were fine with the dipping sauce for gaigun. I was really only ever phobic of like sweet American condiments and like anything creamy. And and that was not the kind of dipping sauce that would come with the gaigun. So okay. I was OK with it. OK, Andrea, tell us your memory. Lane. Well, it's loaded with a lot of rolls. All right. This can be and, the whole show. Through. That's fine. And no, I mean, like we, you know, we would just set out the the fixings for these rolls and then people would just, you know, in our family we would just sit down and we would just make them and see who could roll like the prettiest ones, who could like place the shrimp just right so that yes. they had like little bling sexiness, you know. Can I ask a question? Yeah. So you dip the, the rice paper in hot water, right, to soften it? Originally. 
So like rice paper was originally made with just rice and uh, water and salt. And the, it was thick and it took forever to like soften. But nowadays, you know, we use, I, I use like warm waters, almost like bathtub temperature water. And there are so many different kinds of rice papers now sold in America as well as in Vietnam. So sometimes they like just need a little, if the stuff in Vietnam, sometimes like tissue thin, man, and it barely needs any water, any water at all. But yeah, you just slide it into warm water nowadays, rotate it like a little, you know, disc, and then put it down and then wait for it to get tacky. And then it's ready to roll. And so would your family, in putting out all these ingredients, what 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 did you have set out for dipping the rice paper to soften it? To dip the rice paper, we would set out these large, almost like super large noodle soup bowls, if you can imagine, or maybe a large round casserole dish that my mom would have gotten at a yard sale or my dad picked it up at a thrift shop. And then we would fill it with with water. And originally, like, you know, I'm talking back in the 70s and early 80s, we'd have like a kettle of hot water going on on the stove. And then you would have to like fill up the the dipping vessel and then someone, you know, and then it would cool down because we were using the old school rice papers, which was the Rose brand. So for any of the Vietnamese food geeks out there, it's like, I always get the Rose brand. Someone would then run back into the fr- to the kitchen, get the kettle water, pour it in, and it's like scalding hot. We're like, ah! <laughs> it was really like a funny little, you know, circus almost of making these rolls. But the point of doing it at the table is that it's conversational food. Mm-hmm. And you're making discoveries and, mm-hmm. and you're sharing and, you know, you, you roll your own and you, you eat what you make. And sometimes they explode because you're like, ah, it's stuffing way too much in there. And they bust open. And, you know, we still do that to this day. My parents will compete to see who has like the newest rolling technique. <laughs> Even though they're in their 80s, they still, you know, they have this sort of pride in making like cool rolls that don't, you know, like they don't drip out one end, but they're still like you can stuff more things in there. So it's, uh-huh. you know, people need to think that there is like there is no hard and fast rule about it. But Molly, as you asked, there is like a certain technique about dipping the rice paper into the water. Okay. Yeah, Molly, how about your memory lane? Oh, so my memory lane. Uh, so I grew up in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, there were a lot of strip malls in Oklahoma City. In the same strip mall as our main grocery store, Albertsons, which was originally Skaggs Alpha Beta. Actually, that's what it was called when I was a kid. There was a really large restaurant called Lido. It was large enough that I remember even when it was quite full of people, it was only like half full. Anyway, (laughs) it was huge. Uh, That, I think, is the first place that I ever had Vietnamese food at all. We went there a lot when I was in high school. I think it maybe opened when I was in my early teens. My family loved it. And uh, we would always order Gai Gun. Yeah, that that was Vietnamese food to me as a child. And then when I went off to college in the, the late 90s, I was in the Bay Area. And I remember I used to always pick up the San Francisco Chronicle food section on Wednesdays. And I remember tearing out like a basic tutorial around that time of how to make fresh rolls, how to make like a nuoc chom, is it a nuoc chom dipping sauce? And went through a little period when I was freshly out of college of thinking that it would be very fun to make these at home. But I was living by myself 
And I feel like it's one of those things where you make all these ingredients and, you know, you get your your hot bowl of water out. And I don't know, it wasn't very fun to make by myself. I think I only made them once. Yeah, it's not. It's a group thing because you can't just make one or two because yeah. Yeah. it feels pointless. Right. Yeah. Like I got to keep going. So that's where, you know, they're great for parties. Well, so actually, I have a question about them for parties. So, OK, so let's say you make all of these. When they dry out, they start to split, right? So if you are serving these at a party or you make a whole bunch of them ahead of time, how do you keep them like looking nice and having a nice texture while they're sitting out waiting to be eaten? Yeah, so they'll they'll split open because they'll dry up. So one thing that, um, and then they stick together too. That's the other thing. Um, <laughs> yes, so, I have definitely noticed this. So what you can do, you can just arrange them on a on your platter in almost like a flower petal shape. So they're just touching at the the little corners at the at the ends. For example, that's my way of doing it. Or um, if you're really trying to put together a bunch of them tight on a platter, you can theoretically weave a piece of plastic wrap undulating between all of them so that okay. separate. And then okay. you can cover the whole platter with plastic wrap. And that can sit for, you know, I'd say three to four hours. Um, okay. You know, we're, we're on the West Coast with, you know, moderate temperatures. So you can keep that stuff out because um, the, the ingredients are all cooked. And then when you're ready, just rip off the plastic wrap and let your guests go at them, but tell them about the plastic wrap that's separating. <laughs> sure. Yes. Well, so they don't bite into it. Right. <laughs> so when you were growing up and, and your family was still in Vietnam, were there occasions when you made them for like a family event like that? Or was it always something where you made your own and ate your own sitting around the table? We do both. I left Vietnam when I was like six. And so like in Vietnam, you can get these rolls. You can get one like on a street, on the street, for example, from a street vendor, and they'll just like roll it right there. And there's this one uh, called Bobia, which is um, from a Chinese popia roll that as Mm -hmm. we're talking about rolls served in like Singapore. So popia in Singapore is wrapped in a sheath of very thin wheat base wrapper, almost like a super duper thin uh, flour tortilla or a very thin mushu wrapper. And okay. it has like hoisin sauce and stuff. And so those are a kind of roll that you can totally get on the street. And you'd make, you know, and rice paper is sold, you know, at every single market in Vietnam. And so, you know, people just use them all the time. I mean, it's a pre-cooked food that yeah. you just have to rehydrate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
So Andrea, when you when you make these with your family or when you were you were growing up, like what was the range of ingredients that you would have on the table for filling them? And does everyone like use all of the ingredients every time, or do you or do you like choose the subset that you want for your particular role? Well, you can do the classic gaikun with the poached shrimp and pork and herbs and noodles. You can also just roll whatever you you want. So that may be you know grilled meats in the rice paper roll. And if you've got the fixings out there, you can pick and choose. You know, maybe you want less noodle, more lettuce. You can pick different kinds of herbs too. One of the things that I love to do during the summer is grill like a whole fish, you know, whether it's, you know, a whole bass or a trout and then set up the noodles and and herbs and stuff, rice paper and go at it. And into the kitchen, you can roll up like there are these little beef patties that have are there curry scented leaf beef patties that you can serve on top of a rice noodle bowl. But you can also like wrap it up, break it up and wrap it in rice paper too. So there are all kinds of things that you wrap. Oh, wow. That sounds really good. I always think of uh, of fresh herbs in there. And you mentioned that. Do you feel like, is there any one thing that you think of as an essential ingredient? Like, do do you have to have fresh herbs or? For the rolls, you want all your ingredients to be soft and so pliable and lithe so that you got to roll it up. You got to manipulate it. And, you know, if you're -hmm. you're worried about the paper busting, you don't want sharp objects in there. So, you know, if you're going to. Fair. Yeah. Right, right. So you want, if you're going to have, you know, the herbs are perfect for accentuating, you know, these pops of flavor, pungency, spiciness. So I I do need to have the herbs and people can go as simple as like mint and cilantro. People mm-hmm. assume that you have to have the Thai basil, but no, it's Thai basil. It's not, it's not Vietnamese basil. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, you know, that's it. That's one herb option. You can use Italian basil, purple basil. You put arugula in there. You can put microgreens in there. Shiso is wonderful. And mm. there's a Vietnamese version of shiso that's garnet colored on one side and green on the other, uh, called Pioto. And you can get it very easily in the ID in uh, Seattle and other Vietnamese and Chinese markets. So really play with the herbs, especially this time of the year when there's so much out there. Cool. We just okay. started like uh, my uh, my wife and kid just went to the the plant store and came back with a bunch of uh, of herb starts and so we have like a real herb garden on our balcony for the first time possibly ever and so like I'm going to be making these within the next week for sure and just like grabbing all the herbs I can. Matthew, I know you and I have both gotten fresh rolls from Greenleaf here in Seattle and they have. Andrea, this is ri- they've gone rogue. They have something crunchy in there. It's like sh- it's hidden amongst all the other things, but there's like a shard of like rolled up. Is it like fried rice paper that no, they've got it, in the middle? It's a very modern thing. So nowadays, like you, some people wrap the fried rolls, the crispy fried, like we call them jaza. Um, imperial rolls that are traditionally rolled up in rice paper. They take a shortcut and they'll write, roll it up in a flour-based spring roll wrapper or lumpia wrapper. They're the same mm-hmm. kind of wrapper. Okay. So a restaurant will do that because those rolls will fry up in a flash and they hold their crispness. So they have those wrappers around, right? So they just roll them up into a little jelly roll, almost like a yep. very thin, you know, cigar, cigarello, and then they fry it up and they've got them sitting there 
and then they'll add that to their rice paper roll. So gluten-free people, please beware. But you know, it adds this little crunchy pop of texture and richness in the center of the roll. So it's fun. So mm-hmm. that's what that is. Okay. Yeah, I totally get that that's a bit of a cheat. At the same time, sometimes when my family goes to that restaurant, uh, my mom especially will will ask, could you just like bring us a few extra of like the crispy rolls that go in the middle and just like eat them like breadsticks? That is great. (laughs) Long live Judy Amster. Uh Uh-huh. So let's let's talk about the dipping sauce. Like, I feel like I've had a number of different dipping sauces served alongside these, like sweet chili sauce. I think like a fermented soybean, like miso-like sauce, which I know would not be called miso in Vietnamese. Uh, nook jam, peanut sauce also, Certainly. I think. Certainly, peanut sauce, but yeah. What, what do you think of, Andrea, as, as like the most classic dipping sauce? And like, what, uh, what dipping sauces do you like with your... It, it boils down to like two sauces with the, with the classic gaikun, with the shrimp and the pork and the herbs and, and noodles and lettuce. I love a bean fermented bean sauce. So that is classically called tung. And tung, T-U-O-N-G, refers to fermented bean sauce that can have coconut milk in there and peanuts in there ground up. And it's sweet, a little spicy, a little edge of tartness. And so that's sort of the miso-ish stuff. But but like these days, like a lot of people use hoisin sauce as a base. But that goes really, really well with the rolls. Do you have a recipe for that in one of your books for that dipping sauce? Yes. So I have two versions. There's a version in Into the Vietnamese Kitchen, my first book, and then in the Pha cookbook, Since Gai Gun and Pha are such like BFFs. <laughs> so then there's um, also a recipe um, in there for the sauce. And it's a, and there's, there's garlic in there. It's really lovely. I mean, you can lick that thing out of the bowl. Yeah. And then nook jam, you know, the ubiquitous fish sauce dipping sauce is also great if you want something lighter, but it depends on what is inside the roll. And so, you know, if you're going for lighter fare, they say, let's say, like, I made rolls recently with shrimp and green mango. I love green mango. That sounds so good. Right. And so instead of the pork, you replace it with green mango. And the bean sauce, the thuong was just a little bit too heavy, but the nook jam was like, whew. It was light and refreshing. That sounds so good. I wonder if I can get my hands on a green mango in the next few days. I bet I can. I think you can. Yeah. Should we? I know we've touched on we've touched on uh, popia and and sort of uh, other kind of versions of of rolls. Should we talk about about anything else in the area of regional rolls? Yeah. Andrea, I don't know if you're any more familiar with like the like the Indonesian and and Filipino unfried rolls than I am, which is not very much. But there's like a whole world of unfried, usually wheat based wrapper spring rolls that are incredibly delicious. Yeah. So I've I've mostly had um, I've had more Filipino friends than Indonesian friends. So I've had like the what they call like fresh lumpia. Sometimes I've seen that as lumpiang sariwa. There are um, vegetables in there and then a sauce that is sometimes um, kind of soy sauce based, but it's also kind of thickened with a, almost like a roux based kind of sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit heavy ish, but it clings to the wrapper very nicely. 
and there's lettuce in there there's vegetables sometimes there's a little meat and they're really fun to eat and they're you know departure from the the regular fried crispy lumpia but they're more delicate too i have to say that so they're the kind of thing that my parents friends would make (laughs) 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 and then set them out for us and we'd be like you know (laughs) way too fast yeah, I've had uh, I had the Indonesian ones a, a few times, the um, uh, lumpia simarang, and uh, those that I feel like usually have bamboo shoots and egg and dried shrimp, and then maybe another a protein ingredient optionally. Very different from the Vietnamese style, but also very delicious. Yeah, you know, as soon as you change that wrapper from wheat to um, rice paper, it's a different experience because yeah. the rice paper is slightly tangy and mm-hmm. it's got mm. that chew to it. And so, yeah, and and so texturally it adds, you know, a different experience, um, eating experience, but then flavor-wise, it, you know, and again, it depends on the rice paper. Rice paper, and we can have another different conversation about rice paper, but yeah. like the stuff that has rice in it, along with tapioca, will have a flavor that that is a little bit more tangy because there has likely been some fermentation in the batter to make it um, work well and cook up nicely. Oh, that's Whereas interesting. Whereas if you're using like all tapioca, man, you know the rice paper is very clear and very thin, but it's but it's practically flavorless in my opinion. Do you have specific brands that you you're able to find regularly uh, where you are that you might recommend? I am so happy you asked because I'm um, I'm a three ladies. <laughs> fan. And so um, <laughs> the three ladies refer to uh, a line of, of rice products, whether it's, you know, jasmine rice, sticky rice, rice paper, rice noodles, that I think is very consistent. There are three women on the, the packaging and they're dressed in Southeast Asian uh, traditional outfits. And the rice paper is really great. And you can buy it online. You can buy it at most Southeast Asian grocery stores and Chinese grocery stores, and also like H Mart, uh, which is Korean owned. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit thicker and it will hold up over time. And it's very, it's much easier to work with than some of the other um, brands. But there are Vietnamese people and restaurateurs who love like this bamboo brand, but that's really sold at more hardcore Vietnamese um, markets. But in the okay. main, I'm like a three ladies girl. Great. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so glad to know about this. And I imagine, I mean, the shelf life of this stuff is really long too. So you get a pack of, of rice paper wrappers and you're, you're set for a bit, which is really nice in these days when we're all, you know, stuck at home and trying to keep our pantry stocked. I mean, it depends how big your family is. That's true. Yeah. Think of it as a pasta, a dry pasta. Yeah. yeah. How do you keep dry pasta? And you can keep it. I admit I have a lot of different kinds that I've collected in my travels and they're hidden in various parts of my home. And um, <laughs> Oh, that sounds like fun. Do you yeah, have like, 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 uh, like, yeah. Yeah, like rice paper hunts? Yeah. In my <laughs> kitchen cupboards in my closet you know i have this pantry closet thing in the hallway and they keep literally forever <laughs> i don't know if you could if you buried me and you brought you know and, and you unburied me eons from now you'd probably still find the rice paper kind of thing <laughs> i look forward to the the pompeii version of your home yeah oh yeah yeah um it's going to be so exciting seeing all the different brands of rice paper that you had before your home was was buried yeah one of the most delicious archaeological digs yeah. of, of the future yeah. and bottles of fish sauce 
Yes, yes, of course. We are all going to eat so well at the archaeological dig of your house. <laughs> I mean, not us personally, <laughs> because we'll probably for be obvious gone reasons, too. but some people. Yeah. Okay. Anything else uh, that we missed? The, the only thing I wanted to point out is that, that like one of the most common ingredients in, in uh, uh, Gai Gun is, uh, is rice vermicelli. And so you really, you've got like rice noodles on the outside and on the inside, which I love the... The, the, you know, very slight textural and flavor contrast of those working together. Yeah. So, so the rice noodles, they're called boon, mm-hmm. B-U-N with an upward accent mark, kind of like gun. So boon, they are um, pretty much like the, the ones used in the rolls are like the size of an angel hair pasta. Yeah. They're, they're awkwardly translated as a vermicelli, which is technically smaller when you take a look at pasta sizes. But, you know, the noodles themselves convey flavor really well. They also like kind of, they're, because they're soft and long, they kind of, you know, they roll up nicely and they add a certain amount of of loft to the roll so that you get something that's kind of big. Now, if you're like low carbonate, you could use say like iceberg lettuce that's like thinly sliced, finely Mm -hmm. sliced to give you that same. And there's a particular roll made with like pork skin that has like shredded lettuce. So, you know, you want, again, if you're doing subs and stuff, think of different things that may be long and tender so that you can manipulate. Of course, the noodles, as you say, Matthew, add a certain flavor too. So if you want to back off noodles, just use a little less. Yeah. And I also, I love that texture of like biting across a bunch of parallel noodles. Very satisfying. All right. Is there anything, anything we missed that, uh, that anyone thinks we should talk about? I think you got, we've covered everything. Um, oh, when to eat? What is it, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Yeah. Or just like, like, is it always, uh, like a, uh, side dish with a meal or a snack or I think of it as a snack or an appetizer but Mm -hmm. going back to you know like doing a roll from like you know grilled foods that you people may be cooking off in the summertime that's a meal that's a one dish meal great for brunch lunch or dinner and sauce wise like you you know you can go with the uh, fish sauce dipping sauce you can go with a bean based sauce that's that's hoisinish sweet chili sauce sometimes too that's great for more like fried stuff there's this like tamarind sauce is also wonderful too oh yes yeah so there are a lot of different kinds of ways that you can go um, with these rolls. So I also encourage people to play with it because it's one of the gateway foods. There are three gateway foods to Vietnamese, to love in Vietnamese food and cooking. So it's banh mi sandwiches, pho, and gai kun. So those three things, man, they are infinitely customizable. They are the quintessential habit your way food. So, you know, I encourage people to just like really have fun with them. Excellent. Well, we, we have Thank done a, a bun me episode and I don't, have we done a pho episode? I'm pretty certain we have not. I don't think we have. So we definitely talked a lot about uh, Andrea's bun me handbook on the bun me episode. We would love to have you back to talk pho sometime. I would love to slurp it up with you guys. Okay. All right. And we will post uh, links to to uh, Andrea's books and to uh, somewhere you can order the uh, the Three Ladies Rice Paper uh, in the show notes. And uh, Andrea Nguyen, thank you so much for being on Spilled Milk. Thank you, Molly and Matthew. My pleasure. 
Thank you again to Andrea for joining us today. I learned so much, and I'm excited to go look for Three Sisters brand of rice paper. And, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try and, and meet Three Sisters. I'm gonna practice my pronunciation. One thing we that just we kind of just let sail by and didn't and didn't comment on was that uh, Andrea described the ingredients that you want to put into your uh, into your fresh rolls or uh, or gaigun as live, which I don't think I've ever heard used to describe food before, and is now one of my favorite things I've ever heard. Oh, that's so sad. Yes. Yeah. There were so many things that I had not really thought about. I mean, obviously, texture is so important in these. But the idea, you know, that you want the filling to be soft against sort of the snap Mm -hmm. of the rice paper, but that at the same time, you want it to have loft. That was the word she used when talking about the, the rice noodles inside. Um, anyway, just all these considerations. Do you get the feeling that Andrea is much better at describing food than we are? I kind of do. <laughs> like, well, we just like pretty much our show consists of like eating a chip and then saying perfectly engineered food product a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. You make us sound like robots, which maybe we are. <laughs> we are chip eating robots. Like, yeah. why did someone design a robot just to eat chips? I don't know. What because else did they, they have to do, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's better than a killer robot. Like, you know... If, if you have the choice between making like some sort of war robot or a chip robot, make a chip robot. Make a chip robot, always. The uh, other actually, day, wait, can I tell on. you a story? Okay. Hold on. If you're going to really make a robot, I would like you to make a robot that rolls salad rolls for me. But like, then you, you miss out on the tactile experience. That's true. Like, you know, don't, I, don't you want to touch something lithe? One th- I do. I do. Actually, I'm, I've got to sign off right now. I want to go touch something live. <laughs> no, um, what I really wanted to ask her when she was talking about her parents competing, like, you know, over who's oh, got like right. the newest rolling technique. What I really wanted to ask her is how old is like a kid when they are able to start rolling their own. Oh, that is a good question. Because I imagine that, like, probably a three-year-old growing up around a Vietnamese table is way better at rolling these things than I am. Oh, yes, but also... Infinitely better. I want to see... I'm going to see, like, a kid just learning to roll them who's got, like, just, like, looking so proud and holding this just, like, busted ass... (laughs) Guy goon, yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. be adorable. The other day, I was uh, I was sitting and uh, working at the table here, eating some Lay's barbecue chips. Then, when I got up, there was one Lay's barbecue chip right in the middle of the pillow that I sit on. <laughs> When I'm sitting at the table, uh, you, you laid a chip. I laid a chip. Yes. But like and so, of course, it got grease all over the pillowcase. But like it was there wasn't any grease on like on my butt. So I still you... not totally sure what happened. Like like uh, wife of the show, Lori, pointed out that I couldn't have actually sat on the chip. It must have fallen as I was getting up because otherwise it would have been crushed and it was not crushed. And then I referred to her as the world's greatest potato chip forensicist. I love how you guys are spending your time together. Mm-hmm. This is this is really beautiful. Um, last night, I somehow, without knowing it, sat in some chocolate. I'm really glad that I, I, you know, wasn't out anywhere because, well, you can imagine what it looked like. Yeah, we've just been spending our time sitting on things, huh? Yeah. Or in my case, I didn't sit on the chip, but almost. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, don't sit on a salad roll. Although, actually, if you've got <laughs> enough rice noodles in it, it's going to have a nice amount of loft, maybe like a medium firm pillow. Mm-hmm. It's yep. going to feel really nice. So maybe do sit on it. What firmness of pillow do you like? 
Oh. I'm a firm, firm pillow, even extra firm. No, no. I don't like my pillows that firm. I'm kind of a solidly medium person because I feel like if, if the pillow is slightly not firm enough, I can always kind of ball it up to make it firm enough. You yeah, can't I know what you mean. unfirm a pillow. That's true. Okay. So every we, we finish every show with some of Molly's homespun <laughs> advice. And this week it's you can't unfirm a pillow. You can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and Facebook.com slash podcast in the show notes to the episode, uh, which you can see in your podcast player. We will post links to uh, where you can buy some of Andrea Nguyen's books and uh, where you can buy uh, some Three Sisters, Three Ladies. Three Ladies. Right? Three Ladies rice rice paper. Three Sisters. That would be uh, beans, rice, and corn. Right. Three exactly. Sisters, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Different cuisine. Our producer is Abby Circatella. You can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. You can find some herbs on Matthew's Balcony. Uh, and until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, coming to you live since 2010. Oh, nice one, Matthew. Thanks. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to stay in here forever. It's really, it's got this like padded cell kind of vibe that's really soothing. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 